Well, it's uh, we're back finally. Jesus, hello everyone. Welcome to Designing Games. My name's Richard, and uh, yeah, I sit here in front of you. Well, I don't sit here in front of you because that would be really weird. I sit here in front of my computer, microphone in in front of me, and it's been a few it's been a few weeks since we got round to last recording an episode. So, not really much of a where have I been, uh, but more of a case of uh, should we just record and explain what the bloody hell's going on. Let's do it. So as I log into the podcasting hosting site where I host my podcast, that's why it's a post podcasting hog. Ho- 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 you can tell I'm rusty. Uh, podcast hosting site. It was the 1st of April that I logged, uh, had recorded the last one. So we're talking four weeks ago. And it's not because I've been lazy. It's just been really busy. Uh, which is normally my excuse when I haven't recorded, but it's just, it genuinely is is always the case. We've been away. We, uh, as I've said many times before, I run a martial arts school, and it's just been really, really, really bloody busy to essentially sit down and do this. But you know, making time and making good on what I set out, which was to record a show. The interviews are uh, going to be coming back. I'm trying to get some more set up um, as we speak, um, but I do have something fun at the end of this show. So do stick around. In today's show, um, we're going to be talking about my a couple of long plays that I've got going on. Um, <clears throat> yeah, kind of just to get it, excuse me, dedicating this show to uh, one game that I'm currently playing uh, while I sit here around the cozy campfire of the island. And that game is Divinity Original Sin 2, I should say. Before we get into Divinity Original Sin 2, I want to tell you something else that um, last weekend... So last weekend, I wanted to sit down and record this, but my PC didn't let me. Not because my PC would just like didn't let me in the sense of didn't let me, but it didn't let me in the sense that it didn't want to work. My PC was completely and utterly balked. I, uh, last Thursday, uh, Thursday the 14th of uh, April, I sat down and was like, okay, I'm going to, well, I, I, I installed Final Fantasy 14. I was like, cool, no worries. Uh, ran the update that Windows 11 needed to do. Turned off, didn't think anything more of it. Had my day. Um, I was on holiday, uh, or it was a long weekend because last Friday was good, good Friday here. So it was a bank holiday here in the UK. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, I'll do some Final Fantasy 14. I'm going to make it into a bit of a series, long play, discussing how we're going to be doing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Really got some cool ideas. I woke up Friday morning, turned my PC on. And it came up with can't find boot device. And I was like, right, okay, so that's great. It's a good start to, to my day. And I thought oh, maybe it was just having a having a funny turn. Reset it, still the same thing. Um reset it again, and then it blue screened on me. <laughs> I was like, okay, what what is going on? So I had two can't find boot devices, then it blue screened. I couldn't see the error. So I was like, right, okay, I um, I needed to basically reformat it. Uh, I had a, I've got a Windows 11 boot disk or boot drive, USB uh, drive. Plugged it in, sort of reformatted it, uninstalled, you know, reformatted my hard drives, and was going through the Windows setup. And mind you, I had Windows 11 because it was a Windows 11 update, just a standard, I think, security update. And um, it then said my computer wasn't. Uh, the requirements to be able to uh, install Windows 11. I was like, hang on a minute, I've just had Windows 11 on my PC, I now can't install Windows 11. By this point, I kind of lost the plot. Um, 
and I couldn't work out what was going on. I got Windows 10 on, and then it blue screened again. Um, so, and it blue screened during graphics driver installation. So this time things were really weird. Like graphics driver installation didn't really happen from the video drivers because it blue screened. I did it again and it was fine. I took everything out. I unplugged my computer. I blew all the dust out of it because, you know, it was a good thing to do. Took the graphics card out, made sure there was nothing on the surface that looked like there was a, a graphics card issue. Plugged it back in, made sure that all my RAM was seated properly. And uh, Mind you, I haven't had any issues with this computer since I built it, which was... Sometime last year, um, I paid for all the new parts and built the Ryzen 5 5600X, um, you know, the 32 gigs of RAM, uh, like nothing wrong in the new motherboard, nothing wrong at all. And I was like, oh, what the hell's going on? And I tried to boot it and then I had no power. So I was going through every single emotion here after I put everything back. It was like the, the, the maddest like weekend for trying to rebuild a computer. We went out, I left it alone. Uh, rebuilt it again and ended up with two extra screws. So I don't know where they were supposed to go, but there we are. Um, everything hasn't fallen apart just yet. Made sure that the radiator was fine. Made sure that there was the the AIO that I've got was all good. Everything just looks fine. Got it into uh, BIOS. Um, and then weirdly, when I managed to get into BIOS, I checked some things, changed like enabled DOC, DCA or... Overclocked my my RAM to its thirty two mega hundred uh, speed. Restarted it. <laughs> I had no screens, so we'd gone through everything. Like this was really it was just so weird. So I did some research and tried to find out why I couldn't install Windows eleven. I knew at this point I was going to have to format because like when I got it running, it wasn't running at its best. It was just running really weird and really sluggish. Um, but everything was stable. Everything had actually got to a point where I had all my screens working, drivers were installing, everything seemed to be working. Seemed to be working. And I was a bit like, okay, so maybe like, I don't know, maybe because I, I cleared the the CMOS, maybe clearing the CMOS has helped. So for those who don't know, I've, I basically reset my motherboards uh, by removing the battery, left it out for a minute, plugged it back in, that kind of stuff. So maybe that's kind of cleared it. Maybe there was a bug with the BIOS, don't know. Really didn't know, couldn't quite work it out. Sorry if I punched my microphone. So then we, uh, I carried on. Um, and then when the updates went all on, everything was fine. And it said I couldn't run Windows 11. I was like, but I don't understand why. And I knew I had to change something in my BIOS, which was change it to uh, turn off legacy and make sure it was UEFI. So I did that and then it wouldn't boot. I was like, what is, I just don't understand what was going on. So before I reformat it again, I actually found out, and this is a real good little tech tip, and it's taken me eight minutes to get here or however long. Um, but a real good sort of tip is that I didn't know is when you go install Windows 10, whatever you're installing, make sure you, your BIOS is set to a certain, like, uh, C, I think it's called CSM, CMS. Basically, if it's set to legacy, it'll install in legacy. If it's set to UF, UFI, because it needs secure boot to be able to install Windows 11, you can then run the installation in the correct Windows to install Windows 11. Now my PC is ready for Windows 11 again, but on the good side, everything that I've um, 
I say it, but everything seems to be running the best it's ever ran. Everything seems to be smooth. I've managed to get my Gen 4 SSDs in RAID. Um, you know, everything just seems to be running right. And I haven't this time clogged it with loads of games that I'm not going to play. They're just going to sit there. And it kind of leads me in to my long play of a couple of games. I reinstalled Final Fantasy XIV. And next week, once I've had some time to sit down with Final Fantasy XIV, we're going to be going over some of the story from Realm Reborn. So prepare for that. I'm going to be carrying on my playthrough with my level 18 pugilist. But I've also got um, like four other characters to level up. So I've got a pugilist, uh, I'm going to go for Black Mage and a tank. I think that's what I've got going. And, and a ninja, because I want to be, you know, ninja. Rogue Ninja. So we're going to go through all of that kind of stuff, but that's next week. So you don't have to wait, sit and tight. I need to play a bit more. I have literally installed it, got everything resorted, all that kind of stuff. And But in the meantime, um, I before we get into all that, what I did was, um, for those who don't know, I'm useless at trying to complete games. By the way, we're going into our next section now. Um, this podcast is going to be really off the cuff, so bear with me. Um, yeah, I'm useless at completing games. I'm useless at playing games. I... I will get addicted to a game and then I'll play it for about, I don't know, 20, 30 hours. And then that's it. I don't want to play it anymore. <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, nothing bad. It's just how I am. And I think there's a lot of people that could be the same way. But I really want to. I set out, set out at the beginning of the year that I wanted to complete games. I wanted to complete games. And there's nothing like inherently wrong with that. I just wanted to do it. And I haven't done it. I've been really, really bad with trying to get this task done. So I set myself the task the other day that, okay, so I'm going to play a game on my PC. I'm going to play a game on my Switch, which we're still undecided which we're doing on the Switch. And I'm doing a series coming out soon on this feed called Wish I'd Known. The Wish I'd Known series is all about games that I'm finding now that I wish I'd known about. And we're playing through Pokemon Conquest on the Nintendo DS, which my wife did laugh at the fact that she was like, you've got all this technology and there I am playing on Nintendo DS which I found quite funny. Uh, and it's true. So we've got that coming up. But I'm playing through Pokemon Conquest for the first ever time. That was released in 2012, but this episode is not about Pokemon Conquest. It's about Divinity Original Sin 2. So a little bit of background. I have put in, according to Steam, um, 133 hours. 133.7 hours to be precise. Now, the current playthrough that I'm going to be discussing and taking you on the adventure with is about 30 hours in um i am terrible when it comes to these kind of rpgs really terrible i spend ages and hours in character creation and divinity original sin 2 is one of these games where you could lose hours in this kind of section so before we get there let's kind of take a step back i reason I'm doing this playthrough uh, is because I thought I'd lost my 40-hour playthrough. I got like a 40-hour playthrough. They're not too far apart, but when I found my 40-hour playthrough, I actually feel more accomplished on my current main playthrough. That's how I feel. Uh, I, in my 40-hour playthrough, I'd made a human character as my character. I've got three of the other characters, and we're kind of doing a thing. It feels a little bit scrappy, a little bit messy. So that led me down the path of deciding to start again. And it's a long game. Like, if I go over to the how long to beat stats, which we're going to do in this series. Uh, how long to beat? Uh, Divinity 2. I'm doing this live as we speak. 
How long is Divinity Original Sin 2 according to how long to beat? Now, how long to beat is a really weird metric to use because it's it relies on player data. Um, and I, I mean, I, I love data. I do. Don't tell anyone. But it, re it requires us lot to input the, the data into this website. It's a great kind of gauge. Um, and according to this, like the main story is 58 and a half hours with main plus extra is, is just shy of 100. Completionist, you're looking at 100 hour, 150 hours and then an average of all three is 100 hours. I'm probably going to be looking at doing main plus some extra bits and pieces. Now I'm 30 hours in and I've not left Reaper's Coast yet. That's where I am. So we'll see how mine... And the reason I'm going to mention the how long to beat stats, I'll be interested to see like how how different my playthrough is to this. Maybe I'll sign up for an account and, and do it as well. But it was developed by Larian Studios and originally released in on September 14th, 2017. Uh, it was released in the NA and the EU at the same time, and it's classed as a role-playing game. It's a top-down, isometric view um, role-playing game. And it goes with, you have a party of four characters that you have the freedom of deciding their classes and everything else, and you go on this absolutely incredible adventure. We are going to do spoilers, but that's going to be a bit more later into the series. Um... You can kind of call this, you know, a gaming book club, you know, around the campfire, if you like, on the island, especially when we haven't got the interviews. This is from the Wikipedia article. Divinity Original Tin 2 is a role-playing game developed by Larian Studios and published by Larian Studios, the sequel to 2014's Divinity Original Sin. It was released for Microsoft Windows in 2017, the September, uh, for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, August 18th, for Mac OS, January 2019, and Nintendo Switch in September 2019. And also came to iPad OS in May 2021. Now I'm going to be playing my version on PC. I do have it on Switch, but I will be uninstalling it from my Switch so I don't get tempted to play it on my Switch. I got that kind of itch where I have to play it a lot. I'm playing a lot of it in the mornings as well, and I don't I don't want to be doing it on my Switch as well as play. I don't want, I want to be doing separate games. The game was a critical and commercial success with it selling over a million copies in two months and has been cited as one of the best role-playing games of all time with praise giving to its combat complexity and interactivity. Um, gameplay, again from the Wikipedia article, as with Divinity Original Sin, players can be, play solo or up to three of the others in a party. Several pre-made characters with backstories are available to the player. Players are also able to create custom characters, choose their race, stats, gender, and origin story at the start of the game. Unlike the original game, players are also given the possibility to create an undead character for um, of one of the available races. They can recruit up to three companions and assist them through them. Um, through them. Also, there are mods in available from the Steam Workshop, which exist to increase the maximum number of uh, party companions. All companions are fully playable and with the potential with different interactions with the environment, an NPC, uh, then the player character. Players are able to split up individually, control their party members, and so on and so on. Well, I won't go into any more from the gameplay from the Wikipedia. I'll kind of give you my gist of it. Um, but that is generally how it is. As I said, it's uh, an action role-playing game. You decide your party, or you decide your character. When you first boot up the game, you're given the chance to make a male or female. You can choose between the different races. Um, as I said, there are... Um, you have human, dwarf, lizard thing, uh, elf, and I think that's it, and undead. Um, so you have five races, or and out of those races, you can make an undead of each. Uh, the undead is a really unique character. You can't use your traditional healing potions on undead uh you have to use 
poison. Uh, but it does have its bonuses like being able to pick locks. Um, so it's really good to hear. If you have an undead character, make sure their thievery is bumped up because you can use their bony fingers to pick locks. So that's kind of nice if you don't want to keep finding lock picks. Then you basically uh, choose your starting class. Now, a starting class is mainly for the tutorial ship and uh, Fort Joy. Because once you leave Fort Joy, and spoilers if you haven't played it, there's the ability to uh, change your character, how you look, your class, your where you put your stat points, all can be changed at this mirror. Now, there is a um, like an extra, a mod, if you like, that Larian have installed directly into the game that you can turn on, which does allow you to have a mirror in the arena uh, within Fort Joy, but you do lose the ability to use achievements and everything else on, on the game if you go down that route. So... As I said, you've created your character, male, female, you've chosen your base class. Now, forgive me while I um, find out what the base classes are. So thanks to Games Radar here, because I didn't actually write these down. There are 14 base classes. This is, you know, published way back. Um, so I guess I picked the right class for you. So you have Battle Mage, which is a two-handed axe-wheeling, uh, you know, character. Cleric, Conjurer, Enchanter, Fighter... Inquisitor, Knight, Metamorph, which uses like Polymorph to change its character, Ranger, Rogue, Shadowblade, Wayfarer, Witch, Wizard, and that's it. Now, as I said, they are base class. You can change them. You can you can start with a Wizard and turn it into a Rogue, or you can go sort of somewhere down uh, in between. Um, as I said, with the mirrors, the magic mirror style thing, you can change your stats uh, distribution uh, whenever you like. Uh, you can you can be halfway through a mission and go, actually, do you know what? I'm going to go back to the ship and this would be better for this point. And then I can change it back. Yeah, so you've got a little bit of that in there, but it's always handy to have that option available to you. So they are base classes. They're just kind of a, a bit of a guide. And out of those as well, you, you have your um, pre-made characters. So you have Ifan, Sabil, uh, the Red Prince, uh, Louise, um, Beast, and Fane. Now, I chose on my first playthrough, the 40 hour playthrough that I thought I'd lost, I actually chose just to create my own character. But this time, I've decided to play it as Larian Studios, if you like, intended, which is to play one of the pre mates. And I'm playing as Sabeel the Elf with her backstory of how she was um, captured and, and mistreated and that kind of stuff. And I'm looking forward to really diving a bit further into that backstory. Um, because if you just pick, for example, a create character, you have the main story as your backstory. If you, if you know, that's the main story. You don't have a backstory to it. And in my party, I have Ifan, Beast, and Fane. That is my party. Um, spoiler, by the way, you... I don't shouldn't have to keep saying spoiler, because this is... When we do the long plays, it will be spoilers. It'll be spoiler heavy. Your... When you get past Fort Joy, um, you essentially um, have a battle with, along with Madley and Dallas the Hammer, who's a big baddie. And depending on if you have whoever you have in your party, uh, they will survive. Everyone else in this battle dies. So if you don't have Louise, if you want Louise, at this point you'll need her in your party. The great thing is, when you get onto the ship after Fort Joy, the Lady Vengeance, you can turn around and change your party up. You know, you could strip 
beast of all the stuff and then give it to Louise and stuff like that, except from the, the stats. Uh, and that's one of the big things about this game is the stats. You can really turn around and you can min-max those characters as much as you want. Muscle Bill is a sort of two-handed, upfront personal fighter, but has the ability of polymorph as well. And then what I've done mainly with um, my actual party is Beast is um, he's a like he started as a as a battle mage I think or a cleric, but he's gone down the route of uh, a necromantic rogue. So he's you know got necromancy and then he can do the the, the rogue stuff like uh, jump around sort of stealth that kind of stuff. Fane is a summoner plus a is a magic dealer. And um, Ifan is full ranger. Like he is full blown ranger, ranged damage, which is really good to have. Um, and what you find in combat in um, this game, and I'll go into a bit more depth about combat, uh, you know, in the next another episode, is that you you kind of have like enemies will have two damage types, either physical or magical. And you want to concentrate on one or the other. And it's a really cool system because it does make you look around to see what enemies of what their higher armor bars are. So you can have a higher physical armor bar or a higher magical armor bar. And then you can start attacking their healths. So I created Seville. Or I've got Seville. And you you start on the Lady Vengeance. And you start on the in the, the bottom ship, uh, the bottom of the ship, drugged up to your eyeballs, if you like. And it's a case of exploring this ship. Wandering around... Uh, kind of not really knowing where you're going and you kind of follow this like horseshoe shape of the ship uh, and there's a guy in the cage in, in the prison of the ship and I always ignore him because he turns into like a, a character that kicks your backside and the thing is if you haven't got um, like a, a bit of a, a caster in the beginning you do suffer I, f I did I I don't think I had many casting abilities with Sibyl right in the beginning because we had warfare which had, um, and I had to find a weapon to be able to use some of these. Um, it was quite difficult. Um, but now I'm at the point now where she's two-handed sword weapons and she just goes in and absolutely tanks the whole lot, uh, which is great. And then we, uh, we, you move on from the tutorial deck to upstairs and you find out there's been a murder of, of one of the magisters. And you kind of sort of head through. It's a really good tip here is to grab a bedroll because the bedrolls are a lifesaver when you're in between fights uh, because you can use them to rest. That's really nice. Uh, and you can talk to all the characters. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's been a while since I did this part of the game. So we're not going to go into too much depth of what's been going on on Fort Joy and the ship. It's going to be more later down the line when we start doing the story stuff. I'll familiarize myself, I can't say that word, with the story of Fort Joy and... Um, the ship itself before we go into like the story episode of the game and all the quests that I did and completed and stuff. This is more of a general overview. After that, you're you go meet a woman, Wendigo, who blows herself up and takes a lot of, and kills all the magisters. You survive somehow, and so do all the people that um that you can pick from. Wander around, head upstairs of the ship, and you'll see the void trying to take the ship apart. And uh here, it's a really good chance to either head back down and go rescue everyone else, or you can run away. Now, I've never left the ship in any playthrough 
unless without rescuing uh, you know it's, there's XP there available and uh, you know it's all about the XP in these games we need to level up but from there you're then stricken to Fort Joy and this is kind of I say it is the tutorial area you are quite restricted it's a big old island and like the first thing that you've got to do is remove the collar you're, you've got a collar around you so you can't use your source magic um, you have normal magic like a fireball or you know those kind of things and you can conjure um like familiars and stuff but the source magic is more powerful and the magister believe that source magic is the reason for the void uh creatures coming back and it's that kind of you need to find your ways of, of removing this collar from you is like one of your first steps and one of the things you can do is go in the arena and win the arena and then you can have your collar removed or just escape from fort joy um and you have it's fort joy is quite a cool area overall because you can you can get lost in fort joy for ages there's a creature there as well eating, eating bodies i can't remember his name um and you have different quests like you can get the devourer or some of the devourer armor like the arms you can get a pirate's charm um armor which is really cool which ifan is wearing uh, essentially, when the magic art of like magic armor of an enemy has dropped, you can charm them so they will fight for you for a couple of turns. And I really should talk about the combat. The combat is done. Nice little segue in turn-based form. So you'll have like your action bar at the bottom, and you'll have X amount of action points to like uh, to to do all of your stuff. So Sabil, for example, I have six. Could be two to move into to range, and then I've got another two to hit him over the head with my weapon or use a spell and again the spells do physical or magical damage first uh, so that's always always good to read the tool tips um, but that's how combat works it is a turn-based rpg it's based heavily on tabletop games um, and larian studios are doing the next Baldur's gate and from playing divinity original sin 2 it is completely known why they're doing it so from here, once you've wandered around Fort Joy, the prison, you can go meet up with, you know, grab yourself at a party of four. Not if you're playing Lone Wolf. Don't do this if you're doing that. I think you can have one other person to help you. It's down to sort of seeing out what's next. Um, and from, from what's next is to get out of Fort Joy itself and beat the living daylights out of a merchant out there because, yeah, always good. This is what I did in my playthrough. The cool thing with the elf character is that there are certain things that you can do, like you can eat parts of body and get skills, or you can understand a bit more about those people. Um, and I can't remember the merchant's name now, and maybe I'll have to edit it in. But if you eat his heart, um, his backstory is quite a gruesome, gruesome one to read. Um, but from here, it's follow paths and just take on the world, essentially. But... That's where we are. I think I may have skimmed over a few things, which we can cover in the next episode of my long play, which will be next week. Um, but I'm really enjoying Divinity Original Sin 2. I'd love to know if you're playing along or if you're playing, you know, you're playing the game currently. Um, hit me up on uh, Twitter at that chap zap. I've got a running Twitter thread there as well, mainly for notes if I miss something. Um, but it's always worth a check. Um, and I'll tell you where you can get, you know, get in touch with the show at the end of the show. Sorry if that felt a little bit like that ended abruptly, um, but essentially I wanted to make sure the next episode's got a lot more notes, that kind of stuff. Um, but I said we were going to do something a little bit different. Um, and 
I want to thank a podcast that me and my family have been listening to, and it's called Takeaway Trivia. And what I thought I'd do at the end of each episode is give you 15 questions uh, to test your gaming knowledge. And I'm going to write these, or, you know, my wife my wife writes them. They'll be really hard. Um, and then we, we may even do a, a sort of a side spin-off, depending on what happens. But yeah, it's 15 questions. That's all it is to have a go at. And um, you can then... Let me know your answers on Twitter. We'll start a Twitter uh, like list thread that everyone can join in. Or you can come over to the Discord channel. Links for that will be in the uh, description. There'll be a thread there for your, your uh, answers. And the answers will be given out on the, the next week's show. So let's go through the questions. And the 15 questions are going to come from History of Video Game Trivia. So these, these 15 are all based around the histories of video games. Histories or history let's play gaming quiz i need a name for this the desert islands pop gaming quiz that's a mouthful anyway i would like to know what was f- the first com- commer- commercially successful video game it might help if i can actually read the questions question one what was the first commercial commercial successful video game I'll say their questions uh, at least once. Um, Question two. What is, a time of writing, the best-selling video game of all time? Question two. What is the best-selling video game of all time? Question three. What what year was the Super Nintendo, the SNES, released? Now, there's going to be some probably some differentiating answers depending on what uh, region you're in but there's I've got I've got multiple answers here but anyway what year question three what year was the Super Nintendo system the snares released question four what and again as of writing what is the highest selling video game console to date Question four, what is the highest selling games console to get to date? Question five, what year was Nintendo founded? That question again, question five, what year was Nintendo founded? Question six, Blizzard Entertainment is most well known for what video uh, gaming franchise? Question six, Blizzard Entertainment is most well-known for what video gaming franchise? Question seven, what product did Nintendo first release before taking on the world of video games? Question seven again, what product did Nintendo first release before taking on the world of video games? Question Question eight. Yeah, question eight. What is the best-selling handheld gaming system to date? Again, as of writing, what is the best-selling handheld gaming system to date? That's question eight. Question nine. What is the most expensive video game made to date? As of writing, what is the most expensive video game made to date? Um, we'll just do 10 this week. 10 is good. Good start. 
We'll do 15 as of next week. Question 10 and the final 10 for this week's Island Pop Gaming Trivia. I'm going to think of a better name. And it is, what year was the first virtual reality headset created? Number 10 again, what year was the first virtual reality headset created? So that's your 10 for 10. Do send them in. We're going to have uh, a mixture of rounds in the future. Uh, it may extend, but I thought I'd just give it a little dip, dip my toe in the, in the water, as they say. I would love to know your answers please do join the discord and there'll be a discord channel for the pop quiz and uh yeah let us know what you think but thank you guys for listening i really appreciate it uh, it's good to be back doing this thing again um from here you'll be able to get my show over at anchor if you've got the anchor app on google play or the apple app store uh, you can get it on spotify itunes or wherever you get your podcast from you can even on good pods good pods is great it's like a social media platform for podcasting can head over to uh my twitter at that chap zap uh you can email me zadpdced at hotmail.com if you want to get in touch and i also want to shout out a podcast i've been release listening to recently along with takeaway trivia um play along podcast i was recently on one of their sideshows uh get wrecked but play along podcast very very good show go listen to those go give them some love tell them that i sent you and uh all is right in the world. Till next time, guys. Thank you again. See you soon. Bye-bye.